0: morning welcome to don't be the artist i'm hagan
1: i'm dave i'm adam
2: i'm jackson and welcome to our exhaustive wrap-up of the 2021 oscars and let me start out by saying congrats adam on trent Reznor, atticus ross and john batiste for winning best original score it was a hard category it was a difficult one they uh they were fighting off uh little known composers such as Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, so congrats. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> It is actually almost surprising they won in that regard, because usually that splits a vote, but didn't happen. So where are they at now in the EGOT race? I think that they each only have one more to go. They each just need a Tony, right? I think so.
2: Congrats, Adam. I know that's a huge deal for you. Uh, there was a great photo of John Batiste that you shared. and
1: It'll definitely be right here in your podcast app, because it's pretty great.
2: <laughs> yeah. It is wonderful. For uh, okay. Oscars that was uh you know both exciting in some ways and both just uh felt demoralizing in others. Um, very that that's a highlight that photo at least.
3: Where does the demoralizing come from?
1: Yeah, I think you're the only one who watched the Oscars maybe.
2: Absolutely not. I didn't watch them. I was playing video games last night and I realized Oh, the Oscars are tonight. And I just pulled up and read the winners and I was like, cool. And then put down my phone.
1: Yeah. I, I realized it had happened at like 11 or midnight last night. And I was like, oh, well, apparently it didn't go well. So
2: <laughs> that's the perfect time to realize because there's no suspense on, oh, well, who's going to win? The reason why I said that it was uh, demoralizing or uh, upsetting is a better word is most people thought because chadwick boseman passed away last year that he was up for the oscar of best actor and in a twist they uh, the oscars had changed up the big three which are uh, best picture uh, best actress and best actor they typically do best actress best actor and then best picture to end the night similar to the grammys and everyone thought for sure, uh, oh, so they, uh, the, the twist was they changed it. So they were going to end on best actor. And they everyone said, oh, well, that's just a sign that they're going to, you know, it's going to be a nice end on a, a somber note of Chadwick Boseman won a posthumous Oscar. And uh, unfortunately, he did not. He lost to Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony Hopkins wasn't even at the ceremony nor was uh, he even there digitally. So he did not give a speech. They basically just said, Anthony Hopkins wins and good night. That's and it.
1: There was nobody there to give a speech on his behalf either. Uh, Cause yeah. the Oscars banned any kind of like digital participation apparently. Cause that's a reasonable thing to do this year. So, <laughs> I mean, granted it was really late where uh, Anthony Hopkins lives in Wales. So I would imagine he wasn't up anyway. Cause he, he is an older guy. But he posted a really like nice video today saying thank you. I'm honored. Didn't expect it, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I wonder if he was like they're gonna give it to Chadwick.
2: I think he mentioned Chadwick Bozeman in his speech.
1: Yeah, he did, um, and I, I think he probably genuinely didn't think he would win because he hasn't won an Oscar for twenty plus years. So,
2: and this is his second Oscar.
1: That's crazy. But what was he in?
2: he this year he was in The Father which i believe if i'm correct is a film about a father who has uh, al- alzheimers and oh, he is fuck. that the father yeah, so i think that's what that was about
1: apparently a, a really good but hard watch and that yeah, i'm not watching that
0: i heard like most movies not i know we're not to really talking about this but i heard that most movies nominated this year were all just depressing as fuck and especially, like, because, like, you couldn't put, like, any, like, blockbusters or any, like, big comedies into theaters, that it was
1: just, like, all depressing movies. Yeah, it turns out indie movies are just all depressing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, on a somewhat music-related note, I, every year, I try my best to watch all the Best Picture nominations. And this year, I mean, you're right, Hagen, other than even The Trial of the Chicago 7, I found myself, even though it was really fun uh, film, I did find myself at points feeling very tense and just really stressed, even in like the quote unquote like action parts where it's like, oh, this is exciting, like uh, adrenaline's running. I felt pretty stressed.
0: Yeah, so sorry, sorry. What part of that movie was fun?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's like I loved that Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah,
0: yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen's like little like his char- his character doing the whole like stand-up bits. Like those those parts were like fun, but like I mean that, that
2: that it's a great movie. I loved that movie, but man was it upsetting. Yeah, it definitely was. But on the music related note, one of the other best picture nominees was Sound of Metal, which is a film. It's a drummer who plays in this like noise metal band played by Riz Ahmed. And he one day wakes up and he is has lost like 70% of his hearing and it's just a ringing and it's amazing sound editing. And the reason I say that is it stressed me out beyond any belief. As a musician who has played for years without earplugs, I play with them now, but at the point that I was watching this, or I have permanent damage to my hearing, not terribly, but occasionally I'll get that tinnitus ringing, and I was just like, holy shit, this is so stressful. I st- My heart was beating for the first half hour of that movie, and I almost turned it off, but I was like, I really like this movie, and I like the subject matter. So, yes, all of the films this year were very stressful.
3: Man, that that recently happened to Lee Pardini, the pianist for Dawes and Theo Katzman. Wow. And he's still trying to figure out what it was last I heard. That sucks. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's so a big if
2: anyone ever tells you at a show, hey, you don't need to put in your earplugs or anything like that, don't be a dick about it. Like, let people wear their earplugs. And honestly, we should all be wearing earplugs because at those giant rock shows that you're going to, if you go to see Muse, which can be a loud show, they all wear in-ear monitors, which protect them from that and controls their volumes. So yeah,
3: they're they're custom molded to their ears for like absolute seals. The other the other thing to keep in mind whenever you question whether or not you want to wear earplugs, always remember me saying ear damage is permanent. There is no fixing it unless you have a hearing aid, in which case you know that. But that's still
1: that's not fixing it though. Yeah.
3: Yeah, very comfortable. It's It's making
1: up for it at that point and making the most of it, but you can't Mm -hmm. restore it to the same like fidelity you had before.
2: And to add on to what Dave is saying, I remember somebody asked me, I mean, I don't have those custom molded uh, in-ears because those are thousands of dollars and I'd love to get them one day, but I just, I don't play the shows that really cater to that kind of need. But I bought a pair of earplugs that were $60 And somebody asked me one time because they saw me with them because they're reusable. I just put them on my keychain, and somebody asked me about them and I told them where to get them and how expensive they were. And they're like, $60, no thanks. And I looked at them and I said, hey, think of it this way, $60 to not guarantee it, but to keep you from losing any of your hearing if you wear them properly, $60 is a steal.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I saw this video. When I, th- I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I saw a video of this kid getting up to play with Green Day, and Billy Joel Armstrong sees that this kid is wearing earplugs and pulls them out, and says, "You don't need that shit." It's like, uh, okay.
0: Yeah, and and to and and to like even like just go even further. If you're a musician and you're like, oh, I I play different when I wear earplugs. Uh, just keep doing it because you'll it'll it'll go back to normal in no time and you'll probably play better in the end but never never think like oh i put earplugs in it it's so different so i can't do it no put your plugs in get used to it
2: correct me if i'm wrong here Hagen. but whenever you and i started playing together i think i was already into wearing earplugs at that point and i don't believe you were
0: no i wasn't
2: yeah i was i was not into
0: it and uh if i'm being totally transparent Uh, I lost a pair of earplugs like a couple months ago, and I just keep forgetting to get new ones. So uh, I haven't worn them in a little bit. But, uh, I mean, all that being said, I didn't wear earplugs for a super long time. I'm very lucky I don't have insane damage to my ears, and uh, I can still, you know, go to shows. But I wear earplugs now, like, well, again, not in the last two months, but I wear (laughs) earplugs. (laughs) I wear earplugs normally to everything, to even if I'm just going to see a local show, right? put them in. It does it does it it's does nothing to harm you. It's so
1: easy.
2: And sorry, that wasn't supposed to be a call out or anything. I was trying sure. to say that. I remember you didn't wear earplugs and I think you saw me wearing them and then we kind of talked about it and I think you worked it out in the bands you were in at the time, but yeah. I, I remember that very specifically you saying like, oh yeah, I just don't like the way everything sounds. And then yeah. you worked through it. I think it maybe took a couple shows. Like it's not even a, oh, it's going to take a couple months. It's it real. It just, it's simple. It's, it's honestly, it takes like a rehearsal or two. Like it doesn't, it
0: doesn't take a couple of shows even. It's like, just go, just go play music once or twice. Honestly, if you're a drummer, if you're, and you're not wearing earplugs, just sit behind your kit with earplugs. If you're not used to it, it'll take you 30 minutes and you'll be fine.
3: Like when you pre- when you practice at home, do you wear earplugs?
0: I wear my in-ears. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been wearing them since I was probably in 12th grade. Just because a drummer friend of mine was really particular about it. Now, if I have to go without them, like sometimes I forget them and I stress out so hard (laughs) because it's unbelievably loud when you get used to it.
1: Yeah, once you're used to it, everything sounds like super, super loud and you go, oh shit, what have I been doing before this? Right. Even if you're mowing the lawn, you should probably wear earplugs.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know all musicians do it. If I do it, all musicians definitely do it but i have a gnarly cut on my pinky right now on my fretting hand and that's not stopping me from playing guitar i've just decided okay for the week that this cut is going to be healing i'm going to go ahead and you know either play without my pinky or learn to put my pinky on the guitar in a different way it's the same way with wearing you know proper protection is that hey you learn to play with it and soon enough it becomes normal i mean tony iommi of black sabbath is missing like 3 of his uh the tips of his fingers and he made a little custom mold so now he's one of the biggest guitar gods of all time so you can do it i promise that wraps up our psa and let's just (laughs) move into another psa that right after we said something nice about apple last week they announced that they would stop accepting new podcasts on itunes so i don't know if that's necessarily a music related thing well,
1: we we're, we're a podcast, so it's 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 probable. the
2: Adams Apple Corner. I
1: think uh yeah. I think <laughs> Adams the, uh, Apple. <laughs> the important thing to note is that was a temporary thing over the weekend while they switched over to what they wind up announcing, I guess the day after we recorded maybe, that they're making changes to the podcast app. So there's, you know, paid podcasts now that you can sign up for and pay extra for and it's going to be an interesting, you know, next year or so in podcasts because of that
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it's like a subscription thing, right? Like you basically subscribe to a podcast and you pay X amount and you can hear or get extra stuff, sort of as if it was like a Patreon thing, right?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a first-party Patreon thing or similar to like apps that you can subscribe to, you know, like a weather app or whatever for month or a year. So. Does
0: this, I mean, to me, that sort of thing sounds like Spotify is gonna pick up on it pretty fucking quick. And whatever other podcasts, like, I guess, iHeart, I don't know what else, what, what other popular podcasts, iHeartRadio, there's another one I'm forgetting. Uh,
1: Stitcher is one that used to be a big deal, but they're not really anymore.
0: Yeah, but this, to me, this just sounds like, like, a really cool direct way to, like, help podcasters maybe connect to their, their listeners if they don't, if they do it right. But, I mean, this kind of also seems like a, a way for all of the companies to say, like, fuck you to Patreon and shit like that which doesn't seem very
1: good the biggest problem that i can see with it is that apple wants you know a cut of your subscriptions right patreon does that too it's a smaller number but you could also roll your own and it would be you know like five percent or something like that instead of 30 percent like apple's wanting jesus but then again it's not an exclusive thing which is good it's not like spotify when they you know bought joe rogan show and it's the only place you can watch it now you don't suddenly become exclusive to Apple Podcasts if you do this. It's the only place to get that paid content unless you put that content somewhere else. So you can do that, though, currently. Quick
3: sidebar I tried to stream the Rogan podcast to my Apple TV from my iPad and it was atrocious. It was horrible.
2: Just Oof. the content? Uh, the content <laughs>
3: was not. Well, the content was good because it was a guy, it was a guest that I like, a comedian that I like. But the ads were just incessant yeah and i have spotify premium
1: and they were loud ads what spotify's app is really bad apparently for podcasts especially video podcasts which seems crazy because of how much money they spent on this like they should have got that figured out but, by now but on top of that they're just throwing ads in randomly apparently like mid conversation which is not good for anyone
0: of course, they're not good for video because they're not a fucking video app. Like, that's just, I don't understand why they even did this. Um, but so, with the ad thing, now I don't know, obviously, with like the video thing with Joe Rogan, but with the podcast that I listen to, it's exclusively on Spotify. Um, it's like a whole network on there and they have ads, but they have them in uh like and they are kind of random, but they're their own separate tracks, so you can just like just buffer through it really quickly, which is really nice. Like you don't have to just like press like the go forward thirty, go forward thirty, go back thirty kind of bullshit. You can you can like just go, okay, cool. Well the ad for uh uh fucking I don't know, I can't think of a podcast ad now. <laughs> the ad for just just buffer past it and then I'm, and then I'm back on the show, which I do like that. But there are a lot of ads, and they are random.
1: I mean that that sounds like they're marking their ads as like chapters almost, which some podcasts that I listen to do that, where they they know you're going to skip the ads. They'd rather have you skip it and see what the sponsor was at least when you read the name.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as far as I know, Spotify doesn't actually do like chapters with podcasts. Um, so this, I mean, this would be the closest thing to them doing chapters. Uh, it's more of just like, oh, I'm listening to this. I mean, actually, I don't, I don't know if that podcast I listen to has ever done chapters in general, but uh, it's, it's just, oh, cool. There's an ad quick buffer. I don't mind that, but I do mind that it's like frequent and in weird spots, especially like you said, paying for Spotify premium. What the fuck? What yeah. The why fuck am I still getting this? ads? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's always seemed weird to me. I mean, We all know I don't care for Spotify necessarily as, like, the way to get my music. But if I was paying for it and I got ads, I would, like, quit right away. But then again, I I quit Apple Music after they told me a David Bowie album wasn't in my album. And I said, no, it fucking is. So I quit.
2: (laughs) I imagine Adam in, like, a robe and slippers just like, where's my David Bowie album? (laughs) (laughs) And
3: that was the first installment of Adam's Apple.
2: That's so you know, good. Dave's deaf corner. Dave, you have Spotify Premium as you uh, you know, drop the mic on our, you know, listeners who can't afford Spotify Premium. Uh, I mean, that's just like a weird flex, Dave.
3: It's a necessity because I I, I teach, so I need access to the songs without ads. What? So is is that since good enough? you what are a,
2: a teacher who needs his Baba of premium spotify you are now entitled to spotify's new quote-unquote car thing this is something that spotify announced over the week which and by the way that is what they're calling it that's not me making a joke calling it a car thing but what it is is essentially like if um let's say you drive a 99 corolla or somewhere around that year just making that up but let's <laughs> say you drive a car like that. You, you don't have one of those displays, uh, touchscreen displays that uh, fancy new, let's just say, Teslas have. And um, God, they my, basically... Why, why would you
3: make that example?
2: <laughs> my God, that's such a specific example. I, yeah, could,
0: I would have never, flexes. never guessed how, why you would have
2: made that example. So what it is, is it's basically... <laughs> it's free, by the way. it is This car thing is a a little touch screen with a knob on it. If you're a Spotify premium user and you get it for your car and it just completely is tied to your account.
1: It let me sign up even though I don't pay for Spotify. So if I get one, it's going to be really great. Yeah. We were talking
3: about that because I signed up for it too. And Jackson had a great idea to just put it in his kitchen.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It does seem kind of like cool as a device. I mean, I I think it's cool. They're doing something here. I don't know if this is going to be good or like, you know, be what they want it to be, but it's interesting.
0: I, you know, I like it too. I like it too. It's crazy, Jackson. Why wouldn't you put it in your car? It's called a car thing. Is there a reason? Do you already have like a screen in your car or something?
1: Well, do you, you have Bluetooth taken? and stuff too? That, <laughs> is it that high tech?
2: I'm glad you also asked, Adam. The reason I will not put it in my car is because I do not own a Spotify premium account at this time of recording. So I'm not entitled to this free socialist program. And, uh, you know, so my partner, she does have Spotify premium, so she got it. So uh, we came up with, as Dave was saying, neither of us really wanted in our cars. So we've decided, oh, let's just put it in our kitchen. So while we're cooking, Someone can just walk up, change the song, instead of having to say, hey, will you change it to Billy Joel? Will you change it to this? It really makes things, it frees it up. And to be honest, that wasn't our idea. We were just reading comments uh, on the internet when they announced this. But I was even thinking about, Hagen, when you were having get-togethers in you know pre-pandemic world, I remember there being a constant thing of you had set up the speakers for your Spotify account, And you would maybe put a record on or something like that, but frequently someone would come up to you and say, "Hey, will you play? Let's just say Blackbeard by Mark Rivier or I Come Blood (laughs) by Cannibal Corpse. Let's just say somebody asked for those two songs. They would have to go bug Hagen, who's playing, you know, Whiskey Pong or something like that. (laughs) Um, So this is a great thing, you know, and you can move it between your car and your kitchen, but. Imagine being at a get together at Hagen's house and you don't even have to ask, "Damn, I want to listen to Hammer Smash Face or I want to listen to Dragon Force." You just go change the song because you don't want to listen to Backstreet Boys anymore.
0: You know, you have you have you have really solidified that I will not put if I get one, I will not put it into the open where everyone can touch it because then everyone's going to go change the song constantly it's it that that's a that's a reason to i mean they already could because they could just ask the amazon device i will not say her name because she's right next to me um but you could just ask the amazon device and and then you could change the music you know i guess i guess now it's easier for jackson to put on all of the songs that he wants to hear
1: at, at your house he's gonna show up to your house with this if he gets it <laughs>
0: Even though whenever, when, whenever I made playlists for parties, I would always include Blackbeard. Blackbeard was always on the playlist just for Jackson.
2: That's only because you su- supported local musicians at the time. Yeah, I don't support local musicians anymore. No, no way. <laughs> By the way, one time I was, if you <laughs> don't know Mark Ribier, I'm sure you do, but he's a, a local memester. He lives in New York City now. But I was at a bar and this was a year or so ago and somebody mentioned, apparently he went to Booker T and I was sitting there at this bar and somebody in the group, I didn't know everybody in the group goes, oh yeah, did you see Mark is getting really big? And then my ears perked up and my partner kind of like grabbed my leg and was like, don't fucking say a word. And I just had to sit there while these people were like, yeah, so Mark Ribier, he is just like massive right now. And I was like, God damn it. I want to talk about it so much. But I was just basically being held back of like, don't, don't embarrass me, man. He's a, he's, he's a fucking gem. He
0: is, he is truly a gem. Like if if you're ever having a bad day, just go watch anything of he's ever done. And it might not totally fix it, but wow, you'll, you'll feel a little bit better at least.
2: Well, Moving on into maybe, um, let's say, a gossip corner. But uh, I guess it's not because that's your thing, Hagan. But um, everyone's favorite, Ted Nugent, who, if you don't know, he he was a big denier of COVID-19 and the whole pandemic. And if you didn't see, this past week, he has contracted COVID-19. And he said that it was the worst that he's ever felt and that, you know, he felt like he was dying and uh you know i'm not happy to hear this i don't care what your beliefs are i don't want you to get sick and i don't want you to feel like you're dying that's a terrible thing but man you just kind of you hear that kind of thing and you just think you know man you have a platform and now you got sick i wish you had said something way before this so is what it is yeah
3: I mean, he th- originally he just thought he just had cat scratch fever, I guess, and <laughs> uh, then then realized that it's more serious because it had a real stranglehold on him. And then he went through the whole Wango Tango. It was a, a free for all.
2: Can you just keep saying cat scratch fever? Because that's the only song of his I know.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, I had to look up his most popular thing. I was going to say you could have any of been making those jokes. You could have been making those up, and oh we would God. have been like, "Yeah, that's a song he did." <laughs>
0: No, no. Yeah. I think I think at a certain point he he'd say something. And we'd be like, I think I think Dave is just making this up as he goes.
2: <laughs> Wango Tango. <laughs> that sounds like something Dave would say. Wabo Cabo. Well, look, Dave is flexing his uh, Spotify. I premium. found that.
3: I found I made all those puns via Spotify Premium.
1: <laughs> Are we sponsored by Spotify today? Is that what's going on? But
0: I, I think I, no. <laughs> I don't think so. No.
1: So
2: Adam and Dave, I don't think either of you needs to answer this next question. You're more than welcome to, but I'm gonna let you know I am directing this just at Hagen. Does anybody at on this show have a TikTok account?
0: No.
1: No, no. Okay. Was I supposed to for, for this episode?
0: Did you think that yeah. I had a did you think I had a TikTok account?
1: No,
2: I was just curious. I was uh, oh. curious if you had seen what we're about to talk about, because there was uh, some controversy stirred up uh, last week on TikTok, Ooh. and it's specifically music. Uh, if you don't know this about TikTok, if you really want to, you know, you just scroll through. There are a lot of subgenres. If you want to be into gardening talk, if you want to be into indie talk, you want to be into, you know, DIY talk, all that kind of stuff. If it's got a pretty good way of, if you just scroll through what you don't want to watch, it'll put you in the right, you know, right corner of the app. And so this week, a lot of people were getting, they were getting TikToks from this band called Tramp Stamps, all capitals, Tramp Stamps. And typically people were seeing it and be like, ah, I don't like this, skip it and then move on. Typically what happens when you skip something that you don't want to watch on this app, you don't see it again. But people kept getting it in the same day. Not even like, oh, in different sittings or anything like that. They just kept getting pushed it. And people started getting really frustrated by it because they weren't liking what they were seeing. Not in a like, oh, this is bad or offensive, but just more in a sense of like, I don't like this music. I would like it to stop being pushed at me. And so as it happens, when you upset a a very large community at this point on TikTok, they start looking into you. And this band, Tramp Stamps, has been labeled Industry Plants. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And just to give you an idea of why they're being called Industry Plants is typically, as I said, you don't get these things that keep getting recommended. So people were, you know, their noses were turned up to that. And they were like, what's going on here? And then on top of that, this is a relatively unknown band, only released a few singles, and then they were put on Spotify, uh, that playlist, uh, Fresh Friday. What is it called? Yeah, that's
1: uh,
3: it. Was it n- wasn't so. it the new release, Friday?
2: Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, that yeah, big thing. one that uh, Spotify does, and that's where should you should know this. Get a- I
3: have premium.
2: Yeah, you really should. <laughs> but they, they were on that, and so people kept kind of looking into them, And their whole aesthetic is like they're this girl punk band who talks about things that no one else is talking about and they're completely new and edgy. Um, And then when people looked into the three members, the uh, singer has up until recently when she joined Tramp Stamps at the beginning of last year, I believe, was signed to one of those companies where she is basically a pop star and just is like they're giving her pop songs and she tries to release them to make them big. And then... She kind of chameleoned into this uh, pop-punk thing. And then the drummer is part of a publishing company. She's signed to a publishing company that is loosely tied to Dr. Luke, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, who's the guy who was uh, accused by Kesha of sexual assault. Yes. Not good.
2: Yeah. And then the guitarist is in a similar... Uh, thing where she is part of a publishing company a separate one so then of course the label started getting thrown at them industry plants now if you haven't listened to tramp stamps i would not recommend it it is not good music the singer basically they dug up that she used racial slurs online and they recently posted an apology. It's not really an apology, but in the apology, there's little uh, paragraphs for each thing that they're addressing. The smallest paragraph is the one where they address the racial slur. So I wouldn't recommend listening to them, but it brings up an interesting topic of uh, discussing industry plants, which personally, that's a term I really hate.
3: Yeah, it's. A ter- I think it originated from uh, like I remember reading from hip hop forums actually a couple of years ago, but it seemed to be, you know, an evolution of selling out, which when I was growing up, probably all four of us, selling out was when you could tell that people were maybe writing music that was targeting a specific audience or getting onto a you know, jumping into the stream of a specific trend. And now it seems like uh industry plant comes from someone who like post Malone has been mentioned to be an industry plant. Billy Eilish Basically, what happens is that they come from nowhere, but have this huge, you know, do-it-yourself attitude with a lot of money behind it.
2: I would add on to that list that you just said of industry plants, not only just Billie Eilish and Post Malone, but people you can call Taylor Swift that. Lana Del Rey is a great example of she kind of put out that um, whole aesthetic of like, oh, these grainy videos and all that stuff, but if you listen to the music she was releasing to those grainy videos, it was the most overproduced, and then you have, you can even say these bands that I know, if a boomer heard me say this, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, these are, I mean, Led Zeppelin, they were, you know, session musicians, so that's music ties right there, and then uh, one of the guitarists, Jimmy Page, was part of another band that really boosted the credibility of that band before they were even, you know recording anything and then the beatles they were groomed in the actual music industry before that whole british invasion kind of started so it it's all over the place I it's such a loose term
3: back in the day that's w- that's how things would go is that these labels would find an artist that could that that had any potential and then they would groom them to get them up to a certain point where they would become famous i mean You could argue that that happened with Elvis. Yeah, it happens all the time, but I did find an interesting quote from Billie Eilish talking about Lana Del Rey. She said she's the only person who can pat Billie on the head and not feel patronized. So because they're friends, logically that means they're both industry plants. Boom. Solved. Another really common theme is that a lot
0: of them have this, like, indie, like, quote-unquote homegrown like beginning like they come from themselves like uh one of the points that that the tramp stamps even use is that they they self-release their music and that they record it themselves that's a that's an argument that they have made so that's another point that people are using as like an example but i guess my question to you guys because i've been kind of racking my brain all day about this is uh the term industry plant Confuses me in itself. Just like I, I overthought about the definition, and then I read different definitions. Like this still confuses me. But I guess, like, I mean, like, if people have figured this out, let's say it's real. What's the fucking point? If people have solved it, if people have solved that, let's take an example uh, on here that's ridiculous. Is Clairo? If, if, if we're to believe that a small indie pop artist, I mean, she like Clairo's big, but like it's like big in the indie pop world doesn't necessarily mean you're very big. Uh, If we're to believe that Claro is uh, a a, a fucking industry plant, what's the point? Like, like it doesn't, it doesn't, if, if, what, what does that do for, for them? It does nothing.
3: It uh, propels the American dream, Hagen. Okay. (laughs) That you can go from rags to riches. Uh, No, I mean, the only, the only valuable argument I've seen for it is that possibly it makes the labels more money that you know everyone likes a success story but the problem is, is that it's not it, it it's exactly as you're saying like there is no point to it it's the same as any other artist that has a label behind them it, it doesn't make a difference at all yeah and then the other thing is that like and and I,
0: again i say like if we are to believe that these are industry plants but that's that's sort of the other thing is that like why Why should we believe that they're industry plants? I mean, reading about this, like, this reads like a fucking conspiracy theory. This reads like total and complete, like, name salad. Let's connect the lines. Let's make it all fit somehow. And I'm not saying that it's not real, but I am saying that it doesn't read as fact. It reads as, it, it, like, to, to the best of what I truly, like, believe, it reads as music... Yeah, let, let's say let's say let's say labels or PR companies just doing a thing to make someone look a little bit like like just doing their job, just doing their fucking job. Like that's what that yeah. sounds like to me. Which, boosting like the,
3: posts on a social media platform. And yeah. you know I think at a point where someone gets labeled an industry plant, it's probably by a subset of people that are upset that someone has over an overnight success. in the case of Billie Eilish, for Example: she's been doing theater, dancing, and singing since she was a baby. And she's always been obsessed with that stuff. So people were upset that she released Ocean Eyes, and then that got her signed to a label. And people thought, well, I mean, what is this, the first song her brother has ever written? Because they're like, wait, she didn't even write the song. It was Phineas O'Connell who wrote it. And it's like, no, they've been doing, they've been making music for years. And if something catches on, it's the same with Post Malone. When he released was it white iverson and that like got the attention of some famous rappers like when this stuff happens there's a we're in the social media culture where stuff goes viral and it's profitable
1: it's okay those those people only just now discovered songwriters so you know you can't you can't fault them for that (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a
1: that's such a weird thing to be pissed about. Like, oh, this isn't even her song.
0: She didn't even write it. Like, what the fuck do you listen to where the person wrote every What do you fu- like what do you ma- I don't get this. This is such such a dumb thing to be mad about.
3: And so because someone gets a lot of success from one thing, then they they assume that well, this can't be their own doing and they can't just be uh in the in the right time at the right moment and release a song that works with everyone and they're this famous. This can't happen industry plant
1: well and also the, the the label is like doing their job and promoting something that they found early and maybe yeah. have like increased like financial interest in because they signed a deal before they were big but that's kind of their whole job so you can't really fault them for that
2: although it's not exclusive i think this label is often i think it's always unfair to call someone an industry plant because it's such a nothing term in my opinion but i think it's often unfairly levied at women more so than men as Dave was saying, Oh, well, Phineas wrote this song. He's like, well, that doesn't matter. I think it's just in more ways than just one. People are trying to discredit any type of achievement that a woman has on their own, even if there is help. I mean, everybody has help. That's another thing on this is I think it's really hard to define what, where exactly you draw the line of you are an authentic artist and then you're an an industry plant. But I think it really at a base level of the feelings of the people who are throwing this label around, I think it just comes from, they want this authentic working class musician who went from rags to riches. So, you know, I don't think that doesn't exist, but the weird thing is is that you know what people are referring to as industry plants it's just all marketing. Nothing you listen to is coming to you completely unfiltered from the music industry. Even your favorite band if you're super into Radiohead and you're like man this band is so authentic, that's not coming to you unfiltered you know without any label assistance. Uh, that there's something there as much as you hate to hear it. I mean, no matter what that's coming to you through that lens well and yeah. people make
3: a big deal of chance the rapper being not on a major label but the thing is, is i'm sure he has a major a major level publicist a major level manager a major level everything but a label and so it's like sure he did grow his stuff organically uh, as far as i've read but it's, he still has help everybody has help bruce springsteen was writing songs about the working man when he was a millionaire it's like, how do you get from point A to point B? You need help.
2: I think Billy Joel's another example of, you know, a Springsteen-esque person who's like talking about, oh, I'm blue collar. This is the American dream. But it's just like, and there's nothing wrong with being that, you know, because at some point they probably were that working person. But, uh, you know, talking about Chance, and actually an interesting story is that his manager, is, up until recently, was like they were a team together before he was big. So they're actually like the two geniuses behind his success are himself and his manager, ex-manager at this point. But honestly, that's like a whole different episode that we could get into. I think that as I was saying, that I would go as far as to say that in popular music, the working class musician is more the exception than the rule. I don't think... Unless you're just listening to noise bands and stuff like that, that is the exception, not the rule. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just
0: make a sweeping statement and agree with you in what you said, but if you would like to quote unquote make it in the music industry. Now whatever that means to you, it could be a different thing. But if you would like to make let's, it let's
3: say make a living. Sure. A stable living.
0: Let's say, record your music, sell your music, and play it, and that's how you and that's how you have a stable living, right? If you want to do that, you need help. Like, I, I, it's, it's. There's just unless you're a fucking social media like genius, unless you're a marketing genius, all by yourself, you need help. It's too much work for one person. First of all. It's too much work for one person to, do, to, like, to succeed on the level that all the people we've talked about so far have to do it by themselves one person. But beyond that, the industry works the way it does because there's people who run it, who control it. Not, again, that does sound conspiracy theory e. but, like, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, like, music labels are run by people. I mean, those people... Decide and they, if you know, the, the radio, the radios, the, the Spotify playlists, all that stuff, they work on who gives them the most money, who's gonna get them the most plays, all that sort of stuff. So you need someone to help you out. And I'm saying this as someone who has not made it in the music industry, has conti- is, is continuing to work at making it in the music industry, and I think that like the three of us can say definitively that it it does not happen overnight. It does not happen by like by just working your ass off, because unfortunately that isn't enough most of the time, and it does not happen uh, by just like hoping really hard and writing good music. It happens by getting this help from these people. And to just say one last thing before I get really angry, um, <laughs> I, I sellout is not a bad term. Not at all. Selling out, selling out just means you're making money. Like, I, like I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but like if someone was like, hey. Um, I know that you're really into the music you're making with your local band moniker, but um, I'm going to pay you this much money to come on the road with me. By the way, my name is uh, uh, who's uh, the first one that comes to mind is Taylor Swift. It's not a good example, but like, that's like, uh, that's like a good uh, example that I can think of where it's like a pop star. Like, Hey, come on the road with me. Come, come do that. That from the perspective of a local scene might seem like I'm selling out, but I do that in a fucking heartbeat. And I think that you guys would yell at me if I didn't do that. Right. Like exactly. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: the term sellout, it's a young person's word to say. Someone who doesn't know what it is to make a living.
1: Do we call people sellouts when they get a job that pays them money so they can live somewhere? Exactly.
3: There's there's two sides to it. There's two groups of people that use the word industry plant and uh, sellout and stuff like that, as far as I'm concerned. It's the young people that are punks that are currently rebelling against you know, capitalism and all that stuff who, by the way, still have their parents paying the money and oftentimes come from wealthy families or people who got close enough to having a music career that tell you how much of a dickhead Jason Isabel was at 2.30 in the morning at a bar in their hometown. It's like the the middle ground of people who are working hard to get to where they want to be. They don't care about industry plant. They don't, you don't believe in that stuff. Or selling out, you don't look at that, at that as a bad thing. And Jackson, you mentioned that it's overwhelmingly female artists that were, you know, kind of labeled as industry plants. And the frustrating thing is that it's the same shit as when female actresses make it to the top all of a sudden. They're like, oh, she slept her way to the top. It's like, just can't someone be fucking good and work hard?
2: Where exactly do you draw the line with what makes someone an industry plant? And, you know, The Strokes and Vampire Weekend, they're, both of those bands were from well-off backgrounds and were able to afford to become musicians. It's not cheap to be a musician, so you have to have a background that affords uh, instruments, affords you time to play, affords you the ability to grind if you have to grind by touring and stuff like that. So in my opinion, it feels like calling someone an industry plant is typically just a negative label to attempt to discredit an artist you already don't like so if for me you know this is just an example uh if i were to not like dawes but had no legitimate reason to discredit dawes to dave and i found out oh they're uh, something that makes them an industry plant that would mean my you know doorway in right industry plant dude taylor
0: goldsmith is 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 married it has a baby with, with mandy moore so therefore
3: he's dawes is an industry plant that's it i found it and well, no and before that his father was very briefly a touring singer for tower of power dude industry so, fucking boom. plant bro the plant because tower of power those guys are making billions you know what i'm saying yeah, <laughs> the, one- the one-off singers that toured for a couple months with Tower Power—they are sitting pretty in the hills, motherfuckers. Daws industry plants. I just,
0: I just, I honestly just can't like get over the fact, like, of like of how conspiracy theory this sounds and how like punk kids are going to sit here, like you said, or, like, TikTokers. Are, I mean, I guess TikTokers do like conspiracy, so that's fair. But, like, there's there, there's no base in this except for, like you said, we don't like them. We're going to try to find a way to to justify not liking them, and we're going to make you not like them, too, because because Taylor Goldsmith is fucking married to Mandy Moore, so therefore, Dawes is... You shouldn't like Dawes, man. They're not real. So I bet Mandy Moore wrote that song, dude.
2: So the <laughs> inciting band that spurred this whole topic, Tramp Stamps. Do not listen to them because they don't make great music. But the term industry plant, I think that's completely unfair and unfounded. The The two members that are part of the publishing company, that's awesome that they're able to make that money with or without this band Tramp Stamps. So it doesn't fucking matter. And if we were to even just drop the last thing I have to... Th- My my last point is that just drop the whole music thing. I studied engineering at school and whenever I got out of school, I was sending my resume everywhere, didn't get much bites. Guess what? I have a family member who works for an engineering company and that they got my foot in the door for an interview. But here's the thing, they got my foot in the door for the interview, but at the end of the day, it was my own effort that got me the job so it's a similar thing if we were to apply that to Billie eilish even if she had some way of getting her foot in the door at the end of the day she's fucking talented as hell she writes amazing music and we're all just sitting on the edge of our seats waiting for that second album regardless of what's backing her
3: yeah not only that uh, as it relates to Billie eilish her People will say like her parents were actors, but like they were not really super successful actors. I watched her interview on Stern that was come out in two thousand nineteen with her and Phineas, and her parents came out at the end of the episode and they were like, "Oh yeah, I mean we were poor, like we we lived in L.A. and tried to be actors. It didn't work out." And they were like, you know, I think her and Phineas, Billy and Phineas shared a room, and they basically were like, we had meals. And we were able to be homeschooled. But outside of that, we didn't have much. So they're not coming from a rich family, which is often the case. To come back to what
0: you said, Jackson, for anyone who is listening to this and going, oh, well, you know, he's talking about being an engineer and and music. That's it. That's an art. This is an art. So it's all it's much more about the integrity of the art. I, I really hate to burst your idealistic bubble here, but it's a fucking job. And we're lucky as musicians if we get to play music for our job. We're insanely lucky, and we're so thankful of it. But um, man, do you think that every musician for their entire career has like kept their artistic integrity and done exactly what they've wanted to do? I bet I, I'd be willing to bet none of them have. Right? I mean, this is all about like we're trying to we're trying to make a living. We're trying to pay bills. We're trying to pay for a wedding, perhaps. Um, you know, there's. <laughs> there's there's a lot specific oddly specific there's like it's it's unfortunate but i mean there's a lot of musicians i know who still have this idealistic view of it where it's like i want to make just good art and i'm like i applaud you if that's if if i i i really applaud you if that's your just that's all you want to do but you have to like if like there's so many other parts to it and you also should accept that it is the same as the analogy that jackson made where like it, it it it's a job. <laughs> and if you can get some help, get some fucking help.
3: Yeah, you know, we talked about like uh, during the Grammys how there I was I was being old and complaining there aren't any bands anymore. But if you if you look at the bands that are still popular, you think about Nickelback, you think about Maroon Five, Coldplay, if you look at the three of those bands, listen to their first record or their first two records, and then listen to their newest releases, they've had to change to stay relevant. So in some ways they've had to compromise their artistic integrity to make a living.
0: (laughs) And with and with those examples, even you could argue like Maroon Five and Coldplay, I think have done excellent jobs as staying like sounding like them, but staying modern with their sound. And there's people who have been fans of those bands who then hear their most their more recent albums and go like, "Oh, I hate that it went pop." And it's like they were pop when they fucking started. Like this didn't this. It's not like they suddenly just like like. It's not like they switched all of a sudden, stopped being pop, pop changed, and you're and and you know you sound like an old person now. It's cool not liking something. That's totally fine not liking something. But like, and it's also fine being an old person. I'm sorry, that was fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, <laughs> it's we're not
3: we're trying we're we're not trying to be ageist.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's it's just it's just a thing of like accepting that pop changes, music changes. You have to go like not you as a listener, but the bands have to roll with the punches and they have to change. Those those are great examples, Dave. Those were perfect.
3: Well, and sometimes too, like you know, my 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 mo- the closest example for me is the band Incubus. Their first two records were like stoner, close to the new metal scene. I'll say that. And then as they matured as artists and grew older, they got more alternative. Halfway through that progression, they changed bass players, and then. Uh, the bass player grew with that band and people are always like oh incubus sold out and they suck now every time they release a record it's like go back to the old stuff and to quote jay-z if you want my old shit buy my old albums like bands mature and change and like their new stuff if you're just gonna pass it off and say oh it sucks now because it doesn't sound like the old stuff then you're just being closed mind you're being narrow-minded but when it comes to tramp stamps like you said jackson the weirdest part about it, and why I could maybe see them being industry plants, is that the music sucks, and it's just—I mean, possibly when Blink One Eighty Two were really popular, this band could have had uh, more success.
1: Like a brief window of success, probably. But a
3: brief window, and I think that this is going to be the most popular thing for them, is that they were involved in that TikTok thing about industry plants.
2: Absolutely. So in summary, don't forget to water your industry plants.
0: Yeah, that's it. Wow. That was great.
3: (laughs) Did you write that down?
2: I didn't. I thought about writing it down. And I'm real mad that you just (laughs) divulged to the whole world that I write down my jokes.
1: Well, you're you're a professional.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: You're
0: a professional. That's really all it is. You are a fucking professional.
2: Yeah, a teenager definitely didn't hit me where it hurts after a show and tell me, hey, maybe you should write down what you're going to say on stage before you go up there and practice it in the mirror.
3: After Yeah, after, after a show in the basement
1: of a pizza place. Wait, that yeah. makes you an industry plant then.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> then my, the bassist uh, looked at the guy all cockeyed and then he walked away uh was like did that motherfucker just say that and i was like oh thanks man <laughs> <laughs> oh that was fucked up
3: but yeah industry plants <laughs> and sellouts these just this these people just need to fucking open their eyes a bit longer and look around and see that like hagan was saying we, are, we all agree agree with this you need to make a living and if you have connections to the industry if you have. If you're, if you come from a privileged family, then use all the resources you can. We would too, if we had those resources.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this goes for so many aspects of your life, but I'm sure you've heard at some point in your life, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and that goes for, you know, that goes for, for personal stuff. It goes for job stuff. It goes for like, are you having a hard time in school right now? Don't be afraid to go ask for help. It doesn't matter what field we're talking about here. If you like don't be afraid to ask for help and don't shame someone because they asked for help. That's super fucked up for like shaming someone because they got help and you didn't. I mean, that sucks that you didn't get the help, but like people are in different positions. Everyone's life is a little bit different. So don't shame someone else because they got the help you didn't get.
2: Hagan and Dave, imagine how mad you would be at me. If you found out that my uncle was like an A&R guy for Virgin records or Island or something like that. And I just decided, uh, I just don't want to send my music to him because it's probably, you know, it's just my integrity doesn't allow me to do that. You guys would be pissed.
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't be pissed, but I'd want to have a really long t- conversation with you. <laughs> I'd want to have a really, really long conversation with you and maybe talk about the future of me being a part of this band. But that's just a maybe. That's just a little bit of, a, I'd just, just have a really long
2: conversation. That's it and you'd have a nice bouquet of your other band's EPs and be like, "Hey, if you want to give this to your uncle." <laughs> a bouquet.
0: Oh my god, I'm going to give that. I'm going to I'm going to like have bouquets of all my band's EPs and just like put them out at my wedding. That's just like that's your that's your parting gift. It's the
3: parting gift. Check, check out my check out my new single. <laughs>
2: Oh, my oh man, your wedding like if you you guys are gonna have DJs or a DJ and they're gonna take requests because your wedding's gonna be like ninety percent musicians. It's gonna be just people walking up. Hey man, will you play uh, my new single?
0: <laughs> dude, dude, can I get the ox? I just recorded this yesterday on GarageBand. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey man, yeah. If you look it up on Bandcamp, it's my new single. And the DJ says it says it came out in 2019. Yeah, it doesn't matter, man.
3: Yeah, it's new. Yeah, there's a whole year that doesn't count.
0: Yeah, or 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 walk up and go, hey, I have this new single I want to play for you, but I have to log on to my SoundCloud. It's private. Can I can I can I can I log on to my SoundCloud on your on your computer, please? That'd
2: be great. I don't want all my fan to hear it too soon. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness should we go should we talk about what we're listening to yeah let's do it yeah 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 um okay so it's really i I, you know i think um i i've been trying to think of what to do here i i i feel like maybe i need to like write a speech every time write a short little paragraph and really go through it and make some some emotional thing uh but this week i don't have anything i just uh, i just hope everyone has had a really great week and uh hey
2: Can you yield the floor to the the man in the blue light glasses?
0: I, 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 I yield the floor.
2: All right. So I've been, you know, since Hagen didn't have anything he was listening to, I'm just going to get <laughs> up on my soapbox. So um, I'll go ahead and say the two new things that I've been listening to. Caro Caro Bonito released a uh, new EP in their Civilization series, which is Civilization Two, and it's just three songs. And... I've been loving it. It's really good. It's three songs. So if you don't like it, just it's only three songs. But if you love it, it you, they're all good. You don't have to worry about any filler. And it works really well with the first EP. The second thing, and this is mainly what I've been listening to, is a lot of really aggressive stuff this week. I've been loving that we're not, we don't have any deep dives that are keeping me listening to a specific thing. So I've been all over the place. But Cannibal Corpse also just released a new album, uh, Death Metal Band. Cannibal Corpse, Violence Unimagined, and this is just, if you like Cannibal Corpse, you're going to love it, and if you're questioning, oh man, it's like their 15th record, could it be any good? They are the most consistent metal band you can think of in this like subgenre of metal. It is great. Y- you're going to love it. They have a new guitarist, so there's some really cool melodic solos on it, which uh, I-, I have loved. And then also, I'm still listening to Daughters, their uh, record, You Won't Get What You Want. I just I just want everybody in the world to listen to that album. It just gets my adrenaline going. I sent Dave a 30-minute uh, live video that I'm absolutely sure, even if he was to watch it, he would hate the music. But it is such, like, just, I love it.
3: I've been still listening to And It's Still Alright, Nathaniel Rateliff. Um it's the first record in a while that I just can't really get away from, which is really cool for me. But it is a bit of a slower record. It has its, I think, mostly slower moments. Aside from that, not much else. Uh, uh,
0: so uh, real quick, before I say what I've been listening to, Jackson got me real good this weekend. And uh, I don't know. I still don't know if he got me or not. Um, I'm still confused. But he, he he texted me and said that he listened to the new Bristol Moroni record while he was cooking. And uh, he'll be honest. Uh, he didn't think he would like it, but he thought it was great. And then he said, right behind the new Cannibal Corpse record for sure. And I didn't think he was going to like the Cannibal Corpse <laughs> record. So I was like, fuck <laughs> you, bro. Fuck you. That's, uh- <laughs> I read that text and I was like, oh my God, he liked, oh, fuck you, you jackass. So I still <laughs> don't know if he liked it or not. I'm still confused, even though he did like the Cannibal Corpse album. I'm just happy someone's listening to Briston.
2: I'm not going to answer that, Hagen, but what I will say is at the beginning of this week, I did kind of feel like, man, there really isn't much great coming out this year. I've really liked the Fishboy record, and I kind of like the Weezer record, but there's nothing really coming out, and I felt this rut, so I decided to go through what you guys were listening to on other episodes, just pulling up what you were listening to, and I listened to a lot of what everyone was listening to, and I liked some of it, and I hated most of it, but
1: <laughs> not everyone got a text. Uh, okay. I didn't Adam did you get a text? No I got a text for a video to watch that I did watch but just before we started recording the day <laughs> ah. uh, So a video, uh, real though.
0: quick uh, there's a, there's a few things I've been listening to but I just want to shout out um, I want to shout out Lady Dan uh, uh, they are from Austin kind of like country Americana songwriter stuff they write some really just like personal, awesome songs um someone I play with opened up for Lady Dan I don't know how long ago uh I bought a crop top uh it's great uh but I am the prophet um this album came out two weeks ago last week last week very good album I I highly suggest everyone check it out
1: Uh, album I have only been listening to one thing it's something I mentioned before John Baptiste's new album so not a surprise um, but I, I bought the uh, the record a while ago, and it finally showed up, so I've been playing that quite a lot. It's still great. So,
3: Do you notice a huge difference uh, when you heard it on vinyl? Where you like, oh, I didn't know that was there?
1: I mean, it definitely sounds a little bit better, but the copy that I have in my music library is not the uh, highest quality. So,
3: Have either of you sold your uh, Daft Punk records yet?
1: I listed mine for sale, but nobody's bought it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Never, but thank you to all of our listeners who bought out my entire stock of belly washers. I was not <laughs> sure that the Johnny Bravo ones were going to sell since he's a problematic character at this point. But thank you. Uh, I believe it was Big Boy Sixty Nine bought my Johnny Bravo one.
0: Of course. Do you still do? You, do you have a? So you sold out of all of them? Yeah. So you don't so you don't have any, any Powerpuff Girls ones, right? Because that that's gonna be a hot commodity coming up. Yeah, that's, that's gonna true. be that's gonna be worth a lot. It's gonna be worth a lot. Nope, you mm-hmm. don't have any? Okay. Well, just just checking. Anybody uh have anything else they they, they wanna sell before uh
3: <laughs> I wanna sell my soul to the music industry.
2: Too late. You've already done it. Uh yes. <laughs> oh oh let let me just uh update our listeners. Um yes. Justin Bieber has dreads again, and yes, that is still problematic. Yeah, the I, end.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that as like a side piece to a a, a a Hagen's hot goss, but I will save that because I'm waiting for something to develop a little bit more because it keeps developing. So I will talk about that maybe next week. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And hey, if you haven't pressed that follow or subscribe button, you should think about doing it. Uh that'd be super cool if you did it. Um and if you like social media like I think most people do, you can find us on social media. Just look up Don't Feed the Artist or DFTA podcast. We should show up. Uh Jackson nails the Instagram memes. What was the one you did last week? It was the Zach Snyder, the Zach Snyder's Don't Feed the Artist. I love that. We got that. some good was, feedback
1: about that. Uh, that title people like
0: that it. shit was that shit was fucking hilarious. Um feedback. So I didn't see More feedback. Any of
2: this feedback. Sorry. Well, fucked. Well, now I'm giving you the now feedback. You. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I made a really good meme that I only shared on my personal page that I was like, it's about the band Block Party. If you guys remember the band Block Party. Mm-hmm. And I only shared it to my personal page because I was like, I don't think anybody likes Block Party anymore. So. <laughs> Maybe if you ask for it, I'll share it.
0: Yeah, ask ask for more Jackson memes. He'll 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 post he'll post he'll post his good memes to uh, our Instagram page uh, very frequently. But thank you all so much for listening, and we really hope that you have an excellent week and an excellent whatever time you're having right now. And uh, yeah, thank you. Fuck off. Give me a try.
3: I hope that works.
2: Well, <laughs> hope what? Right, when- oh fuck! I didn't record. <laughs> <laughs>
3: let's do it again I remember I transcribed what I said yeah it's all in your notes
1: yeah